into our last week of our series called On Three, okay? And the idea behind this whole title for this series, as you can see there, is the hands in the middle, we're all on the same team, here we go, one, two, three, go, all right? But where are we going? Well, the idea is that we are going on mission, and a mission that has been given to each of us as individuals, but also given to us as families, right, like the family unit, but then also the family in the context of the church here, us this morning, right? Family. So turn to the person to your left and say, whether you like it or not, we're family. They may be your actual family, sorry, and that's awkward too. But whether you like it or not, we're a family, right? So turn the other direction maybe, or the seat in front of you might even be better. There we go, right? But whether you like it or not, we are family, right? (laughs) Okay, that got a little awkward. I'm sorry. Anyways, okay. But we are all a family, and we're a family on mission, right? And this mission that we have been given is to go. Now, again, as I told you on week one, this, the idea behind this is not that you go and you have something else to do on your schedule, okay? But it's the idea of being a family that is on mission. So we talked about not a family and mission, and not a family or mission, but a family that is on mission, okay? And we're together working for and towards this intentional mission of bringing the Lord's name or bringing Jesus to those that are around us, okay? Now, last week we introduced this little tool to you, and maybe you took it and maybe you didn't, but we gave you these little triangles as kind of a reminder, right? And the idea behind this was this little tool we use in discipleship called the up in and out triangle. All right. So there it is. Oh, there it is. Okay. And so the idea is the up is your relationship with the father. The in is the relationship with your yourself and those around you. And then the out is the idea of how you express that. So when we talk about this context of a family on mission, okay, we overlaid that. And this is what we came up with to show you. Okay. The idea of the up is that we're creating or have spiritual parents. Now, that doesn't mean that you actually have to have a child. Okay, we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Like within your family, you can be an individual or a single person and still be a spiritual parent. All right, the next thing we talked about was this idea of creating in your life predictable patterns. Now, all of this is what we're going to break down today. So if you're sitting there going, I'm not sure about this just yet. Maybe by the end of this, you will be, all right? So predictable patterns. And then on the out, we then come in with our missional purpose, okay? Our missional purpose. So two weeks ago, you had the challenge of creating a mission statement for your family, right? A mission statement for your family. And hopefully you've had an opportunity to do that or you're starting to work on that. I would encourage you to go back to that if you haven't right? And then we've been using this hashtag on three challenge so that we can kind of collect those and see. You notice that I don't have any on the screen yet. Wink, wink. All right. So we'd love for you to create for your family a mission statement. What is the intention that you feel like the Lord has given your family? All right. And we're going to bring those together and see what those look like. Hopefully we'll have some on the screen next week. All right. But here's the thing. All right, your family on mission. Now, as we kind of break down that uh, that triangle, okay, 
Here's where we're going to begin. We're going to begin this morning in this idea of creating and being a spiritual parent. Like, what does that look like for us if we are, in fact, a spiritual parent? All right? So here's the thing. Healthy families have parents. Statistically, it is shown that families that have both parents in the home have a higher rate of just success and different things like that. Okay? But here's the thing. Healthy spiritual families also need spiritual parents or someone who will take responsibility to lead the family, whatever that looks like, one, two, three, four, five, okay, by laying down their lives and serving the family. So before we jump into that, though, let me give you kind of a biblical context of where we're coming from in this, okay? So in Jewish culture, all right, a child would come of age, if you will, at age 12, all right? At age 12, they then were old enough, if you will, to begin to follow around their parents and to kind of shadow them and be right over their shoulder and to see everything they did. So the young ladies would go with their moms to wherever their moms would go, and they would learn everything that mom would do so that they then were ready for what they would do as they grew older. But then the sons as well, they would follow dad everywhere he went. They would shadow dad and they would do exactly what he did, whether it was farming or carpentry or whatever, they would walk with them. So when Paul takes this idea of discipleship or being a spiritual parent, okay, when he takes that to the Gentiles, he uses this idea of the family and having that particular person follow the other around, okay, and we see that in 1 Corinthians 4. And he says this in 1 Corinthians 4. This is Paul writing, okay? He says, I'm not writing this to shame you. What is he writing? Well, what he had just written, okay? But to warn you as my dear children. Now, are all the Gentiles Paul's children? No. No, they're not. But he is relating to them as a spiritual parent. For you can have 10,000 instructors in Christ but you can't have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ through the gospel. There, he's clarifying, okay? Through the gospel, I am now your spiritual parent. I am going to be the one that grows you up and raises you up from the things that I have learned about Jesus and who he is. So, verse 16. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me, right? Shadow me, follow me, do as I do. And this is why I've sent Timothy to you. He is dearly loved and a faithful son in the Lord. So you see it? All right? So now I'm your spiritual father, all right? But I'm also going to send you my spiritual son. His name is Timothy, right? Not his biological son, but his spiritual son. And I'm going to send him to you so that he then can train you up as well, okay? And he will remind you about my ways in Christ Jesus, just as I teach everywhere in every church, okay? So again, Timothy's not Paul's actual son, but he is his spiritual son, and so he's been walking in Paul's shadow just in the same way that those children did when they came of age. He's been walking with Paul, and now Paul said, all right, I'm sending you Timothy, my spiritual child, and he is going to then teach you. So the question then becomes, all right, If Timothy is imitating Paul, who is Paul imitating? Well, we see it right there, right? I am imitating Christ. Or he says, therefore, imitate me. In some versions there, he says, imitate me as I have imitated Christ. So Paul, the person that he's imitating is Christ. So Paul imitates Jesus. 
Timothy imitates Paul, and then Paul will go and find others that will then imitate him. Okay? And he says again, I will send you Timothy, and he will remind you of the things you need to know. Now, what does that look like for a spiritual parent? Like, what does a spiritual parent do? Well, here's what a spiritual parent does, okay? It allows, or they allow others to stand over their shoulder and learn from them in the things that they're imitating. Hopefully, the things they're imitating are those things of Jesus and those things of Christ, all right? So there's some characteristics that every spiritual parent has. So you're like, I want to be a spiritual parent. All right, here's some places to start, okay? The first one is this. A spiritual parent cultivates spiritual depth, all right? Cultivates spiritual depth. Jesus knew his source of strength. Did he not? Like he knew his source of strength. He knew that everything he did came from the Father. And so he built that relationship up with the Father so that he then could go and pour into the other people that came along his path. Like he went where first? He went to the Father first, filled up his cup, if you will, and then he went out and he poured that out on the others around him. Okay? He was building himself up and cultivating depth in his life. Second is this. A spiritual parent submits to God above their own agenda. Okay? Above their own agenda. In other words, a spiritual parent puts the direction of the Father okay, above their own. Now, in Matthew 21, Jesus tells this parable of two sons. Okay? And the father comes to the son, the first one, and he says, hey, I need you to go out and work in my field. And the first one goes, well, you know, I'm not sure that I want to go do that. And so he, think, he thinks on it for a little while, and then he goes, you know what, I'm actually going to go. And he goes and he does it. But then he goes to the other son, and he says, hey, will you go to the field? And the other son's like, yeah, sure will, dad. And then he never goes. Right? He never goes. But here's the thing. Jesus tells this story because he wants them to clarify, or he wants to clarify and let them know, look, even though you may give a little lip, if you will, right, he was still obedient to what the Father was asking him to do. And so a spiritual parent is obedient to what the Father is asking them to do and submits to that and goes and does it. All right? The third one is this. A spiritual parent sacrifices. Okay? A spiritual parent sacrifices, and they sacrifice their personal desires for the good of the family that they are leading. Now, there's another moment right before Matthew 21, in Matthew 20, okay, when Jesus is sitting with his disciples, and they're asking these questions, and they're saying, hey, who is going to be the greatest in your kingdom? Like, can we go and sit at your right hand, or even if we can't be your right, how about the left? Does that work? Can we have that? And he goes, well, you know, that's not for me to determine, but here's what you need to do, okay? And in verse 25 of Matthew 20, he says this, but Jesus called them over and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles dominate them, and the men of high position exercise power over them. It must not be like that among you. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to the disciples, right? The disciples who had been following him around. This is not how you need to do it. You don't need to overpower people, okay? He says, but on the contrary, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. And just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and gave his life as a ransom for many. 
right? And we talk about this often. Jesus was that perfect example of servanthood, not only at the cross, but even before that when he washed his disciples' feet, and even before that as he spent time with people. And But he's saying, look, it's not about this grand position that you have. In fact, it's completely different. It's all about the posture that you have of submitting and being a servant to those that you're leading. Well, that was definitely a flip, wasn't it, right? But here's the thing, okay? A spiritual parent, again, willing to cultivate spiritual depth, submit to God for direction, and sacrifice personal desires for the good of the family, all right? Now, if we go back to our triangle for a minute, okay, we have, again, spiritual parents, okay? So spiritual parent is being built. Now, we've been talking about over the past couple weeks this idea of missional purpose, that we each have a purpose, right, individually, but then also as our family, and then also as a family here as the church family. We each have a purpose, okay? And so that missional purpose is that we multiply the life of Jesus by reproducing ourselves into the lives of others. Like that is our mission. When we ask, what is the mission? That's it. That we go and we multiply our life, okay? So here's, a, here's kind of a simple thing I found this week that's great to remember this, okay? We know, we show, and we share Jesus. Let me say that again. We know, we show, and we share Jesus. That's our missional purpose broken down into three simple words. We know, we show, and we share Jesus, okay? So we're a family on mission. So if you can go back to that triangle for a minute. All right, so we have our missional purpose, that's our out, but how do spiritual parents get to this idea of missional purpose, okay? Through predictable patterns, predictable patterns. So when we look at the life of Jesus and we walk through the Gospels and we see what Jesus did, Jesus set up predictable patterns. Now, you may hear that and go, boring, I don't want to be predictable patterns. I don't want to be held down by a schedule. And that's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is this. Look, when we look at the rhythms that Jesus had, Jesus had rhythms to his life. He had things that he intentionally did and things that were intentionally on his schedule. Because if you look at the Gospels, there are multiple times that Jesus gets interrupted, right? Or something just happens that is like, hey, go attend to this. But he still had rhythms and he still had predictable patterns. So look at the predictable patterns he had. Okay, he had regular meals with his disciples. Now, when you hear disciples, it's not just his 12. Okay, he had regular meals with them, but also just other followers that he he met with, he ate with, he sat down with, right? And so he had regular meals with his disciples. Other things he did, he had times of rest and retreat, where he would get away by himself, and he would then work on that up, right? He would work on his relationship with just him and the Father. He had rhythms of prayer. He had rhythms of worship, right? And he moved through these rhythms even when inconsistency came. So when we do this and when we see this in our life, there's a couple things that come about, all right? The first one is this, stability, Stability. Now, again, stability doesn't mean boring, okay? Stability doesn't mean that everything's perfect, all right? But it puts in our lives fixed patterns or places that we then can readjust. Another word you can use is benchmarks, right? There's benchmarks then in our life where we can kind of recalibrate. So look back at that list we had, 
Look here. Eating regularly with people, right? Regular meals with his disciples. And so he would recalibrate in those moments with his disciples. But then he used those moments to do what? Well, he would typically teach the people he was eating with. Like he would show them something new or he would teach them something new and he would almost like correct something that they had said like that was dumb the day before or something like that, right? He would be like, here, look, this is what I really want you to understand or know. But he used the table to do it, okay? So he had regular meals with his disciples, times of rest and retreat. That was for him to, again, a benchmark, to recalibrate, to reset and to be with the Father before he went out. Anytime in the Gospels you see Jesus and he goes and performs a miracle, what does he do right before it? He goes and he spends time with the Father, right? He prepares himself for what is about to come. So moments of rest and retreat, okay? The next one, rhythms of prayer. Again, opportunities to recalibrate, to reconnect with the Father through prayer. Rhythms of worship. He was regularly celebrating what the Father was doing and how he was doing it, okay? So there's rhythms there. So then we have in that stability, okay? Stability. Times to recalibrate and readjust. The next thing is this. We have security, okay? When, when stability comes, that offers us an opportunity for security. So when we're stable, Okay, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if I'm stable, right? But when we're stable, okay, we are secure in what the Lord is doing. And so our identity ultimately is set in place, especially in Christ, okay? And this allows you then to grow. This allows you to connect with Him. And so from that, okay, stability, we have security. Because in those moments, we're recalibrating, we're reconnecting. And that brings then in security. So we have stability, right? We have security. And that brings to us significance, okay? It gives us significance. In those moments, we grow in our security to the point that we have significance. And we see that in the benchmarks that we maybe have. We have a time then to recalibrate and go, wow, this is what the Lord is doing. This is what the Lord is showing me. Okay, so you begin to see that you're a part of a larger story. Now, here's the thing, okay, whether we have biological, whether we have adopted, or whether we have spiritual family members, this is where we build our family on mission, okay? So think about that for a moment. Biological, within the context of your home and your family, you have an opportunity to grow that family to be a family on mission, right? Whether you have a family that is adopted, guess what? You still have an opportunity to grow that family on mission. If you have a spiritual family, people that you are raising up and growing, we see this in our discipleship, right? Folks that are walking alongside one another, you have an opportunity to grow them to be a family on mission. As a spiritual parent who's moving through predictable patterns, to then be on mission. Okay? Does that make sense? We tracking with that? All right? So it's an awesome opportunity for us. Now, as we look at building up the family, okay, in this context of the up, in, and out, we have a connection that we use called orange, right? And that's our orange curriculum and the things that we use in our kids' ministry. And so we thought it'd be cool today to help you guys out in building your family What's that? Oh, we got to go get them. Okay. 
but in building your family, that we're going to do a drawing for a conference that is coming up. Okay, so if you check, if you have kiddos and you checked in your kiddos, then we're going to do a drawing here in a moment. What's that? You're going to stay here. All right. Thank you. Yes. All right. So when you signed in your kiddos, now here's the thing. Okay, another thing that we're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks. Or actually next week, I think. Or does it start this week? It may start this week. But when you check out your children, all right, you're going to get to take one of these home. And this is a parent cue. And what this does is it allows you as a spiritual parent, okay, to take these sheets and it gives you everything that you need to walk through with your kiddo. Okay? And so we want to put these resources in your hand. Here's the deal. We used to email these out and like three people would click them open. So guess what? We're going to put them in your hand. We're going to make you leave them in the car or throw them in the trash. But you're going to have to put some effort, right? But we would love for you to take them home and use them, okay? And so these parent cues will be going out over the next couple weeks, and they walk you through, again, every day, and they give you a little scripture, and they even tell you, say this. So that's pretty easy, right? And then in that, there is uh, opportunities for you to do during the day, create some predictable patterns, right? So when you're driving, Here's a couple things you could ask, like while driving, tell your child to look out the window and look for the birds, trees, flowers, plants, and animals, and ask them, if God cares for these things, don't you think he will care for you? You can trust God no matter what, right? But it gives you exactly what to say and what to ask them and walk through that. And I would not discount, as we've talked about the past couple weeks, their age. Now, obviously, if they can't talk back, right? But you still have opportunities to share with them, okay? So we're going to do a fun little drawing here, all right? Actually, I'm going to let somebody else do it because I can see them all. Okay? Yep. It's all you. Yeah, if it's your name, then we'll, we'll wonder. What we got? Oh, go ahead. Yep. So, Jake and Alyssa Drummond. All right. Cool. We're going to do another one. Yep. The Mans, they're not in here. Matt and Candace Mann. All right, they're serving with our kiddos. Yeah, we're doing four. Sarah and Martin Koenig. All right. Sorry, that was out of your reach. All right. And Michael and Elizabeth. Congratulations. All right, so here's what you're going to do, all right? When you, if you won, you're going to, when you, yeah. <laughs> you're going to celebrate, right? But here's the deal. When you check out your kiddos, okay, let Kristen know. All right, honesty here. No. <laughs> when you check out your kiddos, all right, let Kristen know, and she will get you all the information you need to know, okay? And the other thing is we're asking you, if you can't make it on that particular date, that you pass that along to somebody else and allow them to go, okay? So really cool, and uh, it's a great little conference uh, talking about kind of the same concept of these parent cues and predictable patterns that you can put in your kiddo's life, okay? So that's how we want to build our personal families, but here's the thing, okay? And really what I feel like even in the moment of we had a few minutes ago with like this idea of breakthrough, all right, is this. God wants to build this family too. Like I hope you trust and know that, right? And God wants to build this family too. And so in that, we each need to grow as a spiritual parent. Whether we have a kiddo or not, right, we need to be ready and prepared to grow someone and walk with someone. But also we can create predictable patterns within this family, right? Opportunities to get together, to eat, to spend time in worship, to spend time in prayer, all of those different things. But then on the flip side of that, it gives us this awesome opportunity for a missional out, 
right? An opportunity for us to go, and as we said a minute ago, let me just, I want to make sure I say it right. The purpose of a family on mission is to multiply the life of Jesus by reproducing ourselves into the lives of others. Okay, let me say it again. The purpose of a family on mission, whether it's one, two, three, five, ten, however many we got here, is to multiply the life of Jesus by reproducing ourselves into the lives of others. Okay? That's our mission, and that's our goal. 